Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Gradcracker webinar featuring Centrica. So Centrica supplies energy and services to millions of customers through well-known brands such as British Gas. Its aim is to help people across the UK live sustainably, simply and affordably. But what have the graduates been up to since starting at Centrica and what's in store for their future? Let's find out. So we have grads Pav, Robbie, Sherry and Chelsea. And we're also joined again by Gabriella, who fe featured in the last um, Gradcracker webinar. And Gabriella is the future talent manager. So welcome, Gabriella, and welcome grads to the webinar. Um, so, Gabrielle, I'm going to start with you. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about Centrica and any exciting plans the company has for the future? Uh, thanks, uh, Carla and, and Jessica. It's really nice to be here today. Thanks for inviting us. So, um, thanks for the thank you for the introduction. Yes, uh, Centrica is not necessarily a household name, but we are in the top FTSE 250, and we are the largest energy uh, organisation in the UK. Um, so as you've mentioned, British Gas is one of our main brands. Um, you know, we're aware that perhaps students are not directly customers um, of British Gas necessarily, not until perhaps you become a homeowner or, or certainly renting uh, privately. But uh, what we do is we provide energy, sorry, gas and electricity to homes. Um, and we also can come down, come out and fix your boiler if, uh, if it breaks down. But we also have other um, brands which are a bit more sort of technologically advanced. So, for example, Hive. So th um, that business provides smart home technology, which allows our customers to manage their energy. Um, but it's not just the residential uh, field that we operate in. We also support businesses to accelerate their journeys to uh, achieve the sort of net zero um, by delivering integrated energy solutions. So as you can imagine, energy is quite a hot topic at the moment, um, especially with COP, but also the whole road and the, the commitment to sustainability and renewables. Um, and Centrica plays a really large part in all of that. Um, and really our purpose is to help the customers, our customers reach net zero in a way that, way that is um, fair and affordable. And, and I think that's one of the key topics as well. So. At Centrica, the way we do this really is to ensure that all the energy we supply is green and comes from renewable sources. We support the government's agenda to move away from uh, natural gas and transition to heat pumps and, and the hydrogen. Um, and we're also very much uh, involved in the rollout of electric vehicles. So we can provide the engineers to install electric charging points um, at people's homes and at work. So we have a target of 100,000 EV charging points to be um, installed every year by 2025. So that's a, a huge uh, commitment and a potential for growth for us over the next few years. Oh, some really, really good potential there for the students and graduates to get involved in for their futures as well. And I know we're going to go into the quick facts round a little bit later on. And I think quite a few of the grads have got um, key facts about sustainability and your plans for the future. Um, so let's do that now, actually. Let's go on and meet the grads. Um, so can we just go through, first of all, what you studied and where you studied, and then we're going to come back around to the key facts round. Um, and Pav, I'm going to start with you. So where did you study and what did you study at uni? I uh, studied an economics degree at the University of Bath, where I did a year in industry working as a business intelligence analyst. Perfect, thanks, Pav. And um, Chelsea? Yep, so I studied at the University of Lincoln, did a four-year integrative master's in electrical engineering. Super, I'm dead excited about Chelsea's program, um, projects that she's been working on as well, so watch this space. Robbie, on to you, my love. 
Yeah, I studied economics and management at the University of Leeds, a three-year course. Yeah, and kept in the Yorkshire accent there. Sherry, last but not least. So I studied biochemistry at the University of Surrey, and then I went on to do my master's in genetics at the University of Cambridge. Genetics. I know so much about genetics now. We did a webinar last week and I know all sorts of ge about genetics from a senior scientist there. Don't quiz me though, Sherry. Um, right, what we're going to do now is move on to the key facts round. Um, so, Gabriella, I'm going to start with you and your awesome key fact. Well, we were talking about this slightly earlier, but um, <laughs> this is for the people that perhaps are not undergraduates, but... Um, one of our famous members of staff is John Tickle, who appeared in series four of Big Brother and then went on to have a career in television um, for, for Brainiacs. Um, and he still works with our organisation in our digital services department. Me and Gabriella, just to put this into perspective, are the only <laughs> ones who remember John Tickle. Um, but I know that Mark Beach, who's our web development um, director at Gradcracker, will definitely like that fact. So this is what this one's for you, Marco. Okay. Um, <laughs> for you, um, Chelsea. On to you. Your key fact. Yep. So from 2020, um, Century installed 17,700 electric vehicle charger points. Super. So numbers behind what Gabriella's just been talking about. Thank you very much, Chelsea. On to you, Robbie. Yeah, my top fact is that earlier this year, Centrica completed the opening of British Army's first solar farm, made up of over 4,000 solar panels, um, which will help the Army's target of achieving net zero by 2050. Where is this solar farm? Do you know? I know I'm putting you on the spot there, because you, you're just reading Google now, aren't you? <laughs> I am, yeah. It's open up in front of me. Uh, Leckenfield. Where's Leckenfield? Oh. I'm sure that's bios. Don't know. Geography's not good. Let's move on swiftly, Sherry. Yeah, quickly, move on. <laughs> Sean's probably sat there. Our boss probably. Come on, girls. You know this. Sherry, your key fact. Oh, yes. So my interesting fact about Centrica is that we're actually currently on track to have a fully electric fleet by 2025, and with our electric vans, we've actually saved about 360 thousand liters of diesel, which is amazing. Yeah. That is really amazing, brilliant. Thank you, Sherry. And Pav? Yeah. So I've got a fun fact is that Centrica used to have its own credit card offering called the Goldfish in the late 1990s. Yeah. So I guess that was during a period when they were trying to diversify due to increasing gas by regulation. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a lot better than the names that we have now, credit cards. I wish we had <laughs> exactly. stayed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Pav. Maybe one day I'll come back. Um, so Ga Gabriella... I call Gabriella Gabs, so I'm gonna. I'm trying to call you Gabriella, and all my brain is saying Gabs all the time. Gabriella, your proper name. And um, we found out about the students and what they're up to. So I know at the moment you have um, nine opportunities on Grad Cracker, so graduate opportunities. And um, they're not just nine positions. So Centric has got about twenty positions in total that they're recruiting for. And um, tell us a little bit more about those positions, Gabriella, and what's on offer, please. Yes, so uh, we're currently open, as you mentioned, for our 2022 graduate programmes um, and application can be made through Gradcracker uh, Hub, your, your hub. But uh, yeah, our programmes involve engineering. So we bring in four different disciplines, including sort of chemical, electrical, mechanical, and I think we've got one civil uh, certainly coming up. Yes. We do finance programmes. We have our digital technology programmes, uh, our commercial and marketing 
our commercial analyst and also our business management, which is a bit more of a generalist uh, type future leaders program. Um, now, STEM students can apply to any of these programs. Uh, the only requirement, the only program that has a requirement is our engineering programs where you do need to have got a degree in the uh, engineering discipline that you apply for. Yeah, thanks, Gabrielle. I thought you were going to move on to say something else. And so, yeah, you're right. The civil opportunity just went live today. Um, so, yeah, yeah. make sure um, people who are watching go and have a look at that. Um, what I also want to speak about is what's on offer for the future, because I know it's really important, your pipelines for summer internships and year-long internships as well. Um, so, Centrica are opening their, we'll call them placements, but for both year, summer, on the 1st of December um, with a closing date of the 9th of Jan. But Gabrielle and I were talking a little bit before, get your applications in sooner rather than later, as soon as Centrica have received enough um, good quality applications for all of their opportunities, they will close them. Um, so make sure you apply to the graduate opportunities today um, and then make sure you follow Centrica and Gradcracker to be alerted to when they do open for their placements. Um, Gabriella, you did mention something before about you would highly recommend the students did a placement with Centrica. Can you just go through a little bit more what the benefits are and why you'd suggest that? Yeah, absolutely. So our preferred route onto our graduate programmes is through an internship. Um, so, for example, we are live for graduate um, opportunities at the moment, but of the 54 open vacancies that we we graduates that we're bringing in next year, we're only actually going out to market for about 2025 because the other vacancies have already been filled through our internship. So if you come and do a summer internship with us or a year in industry internship and it's successful and you do well and you like us, um, what we would do is at the end of that internship, talk to you about your aspirations, do a bit of an interview. And in the majority of cases, we make straight offers. Um, so you can go back to do your final year at university already knowing that you've got an offer in the bag. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Gabriella. And you mentioned that this year, um, I know Robbie asked this question in, in, our, in our prep session, but what um, is the, what's it looking like for your placement students? Is it all virtual or are they going to be in a specific location? So our year in industry will come in and they will work in the same way as the rest of us in the organisation are doing, which at the moment is quite flexible. Um, and it's really up to us to decide whether we want to be in the office, whether we want to be home based or a mixture of the two. Sometimes there's a little bit of, you know, um, requirement uh, dependent on the role you're doing that you are in the office a bit more than others. Yeah. Um, but yeah, complete, complete flexible approach to it. With our summer internships, we're um, running the programme from the uh, 19th of June to the 20th of August this year. Um, and what we're going to be doing is sort of topping and tailing it with bringing everyone together into the office. We'll Put you up in accommodation for that first and the last week and then during the middle weeks because we will expect you to be coming in at some point we would just provide accommodation as and when you're required to come into the office so again a hybrid approach but you will have the opportunity to come in meet all the others um you know and get to understand what the vibe's like in our offices and that sort of thing yeah it's definitely worthwhile doing that and um, I think we're going to move on. I'm going to talk about timelines and things like that a little bit later, later on, Gabriella, because I'm just conscious that the grads have got so many exciting stories. Exactly. So I'm going to come back to you, Gabriella, and then I'm going to hand over to you, Jessica. Yes, thank you so much. So in, very interesting start. Um, so Pav, I'm going to come to you first, if that's OK. And, and if you could just, I know you've introduced yourself, but if you could just tell us a bit about your role and what you're kind of up to at the moment. Yeah, so I'm a finance grad and my current job title is 
Capital Group Financial Accounting and Reporting Analyst. It's a bit of a lengthy title, but in a nutshell, what it involves is overseeing the consolidation of the different financial accounts for all the different business areas within Centrica. Yep. And making sure that they comply with the financial reporting requirements. Okay. So I suppose that doesn't probably mean a lot to most people, but I think what I suppose most of you lot will relate to is the annual accounts and the half-year accounts. So, you mm -hmm. know, big companies tend to publish their annual reports at the end of the year. And yep. within that, they've got the financial statements. So I guess I'm part of that team where we're part of the end-to-end -end process to really make it see it as, you appear, as it appears online. Right, okay. uh, another part of my role is process improvement. So any processes that are out there existing, try to identify where we can streamline them or automate them. Okay. Also create new processes. So the purpose is really just to increase the robustness of the data, make sure everything's working as it should be, and also just to free up time. Because why spend five hours to do one process when you could do it within one hour? Exactly. Yeah, makes sense. And so in terms of where are you at having the, the your, your kind of graduate journey? Are you have you got are you on the program? What's that looking like? Um, yeah. And tell me a bit about rotations and things you've experienced so far. So I'm currently in year two out of three in the grad program. So yeah. Centrica's finance grad scheme is three years. Each year is a different rotation okay. and it's quite varied for the rotation. So you can cover your typical account, so more of your debit credit side. Think yep. the more interesting stuff where you get to talk to people and do more business stuff mm -hmm. also a bit of specialist areas so we have stuff like working in MA or treasury and other stuff like that too okay and then in terms of the rotations that you experienced last year was there any of you what was your kind of favorite rotation that year yeah i suppose right now it's probably too early to tell but i think last year's rotation was really fun yeah. It was quite commercially focused. So I got to interact with the senior leadership team of the areas I looked after to kind of yeah. understand what their numbers meant. So not just saying your numbers are good or bad, kind of really making sure they understood what decisions they made and the impact it has on their financial performance. Yeah, yeah. That was quite fun. That was responsibility as well. Interesting. Yeah. How many people are in your rotation, Pav? How many people in your group? So in my year, there are six. But it's oh. been growing each year. So I think from the year below, there's about eight or nine of them. Yeah. Oh, nice number then. So, yeah. and, and do, do you all go follow your rotations round together, or would you go in, in a different on a different rotation to somebody else? Yeah. So everyone has a different rotation, but it tends to be somewhat split. So three people do technical, three people do more of a commercial role, and then the year oh. after, they'll just flip around. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks, Pat. Brilliant. Um, Robbie, I'm going to come to you next. Um, same kind of question, if you could just tell us a bit about your role. Yeah, sure. So I'm on the commercial marketing uh, grad scheme. I would say there's quite a bit of emphasis on the commercial as, as well as marketing. So others in my year um, have done just core marketing roles, so to do with digital, search engine optimization and things like that. Um, personally, I've concentrated on more commercial roles so around uh, sales propositions and strategy and things like that which has suited my, my background really well yeah um, so I actually did the internship where I worked in the digital marketing team and to be fair that was a couple of years ago yeah um, and when I joined the grad scheme in October last year we all did three months in the Hive contact center uh, which basically gave us a great understanding of what the customer means to us mm -hmm. so we spent a lot of time answering customer queries working on web chats um, and just sort of getting to getting to know really what, what the customers care about. Yeah. 
I then in January joined a team in British Gas called the Sales Capability Development Team, which is essentially a small task force of, of people from different wealth of experience across engineers, um, customer service, things like that. Um, and basically what we did was help open up and optimize sales channels across the business. Um, so it's quite a small team and I was given uh, quite a lot of independence and responsibility to take on projects and, and deliver them end to end, which was um, really sort of rewarding. Um, and now I've been working in the high product team since September, which is really interesting. I'm quite a tech minded person. So we're doing a lot of work in terms of um, iterative product updates um, and I'm working around the, the current and next generation of EV chargers as well which is obviously something that, you know, is going to be, have quite a big impact on, on the business and society as a whole. So it's yeah. great to be a part of that. Oh, brilliant. And what would you say the challenges are with that kind of part of your role, you know, in terms of development and changing people's mindsets and adapting to this kind of new way of, you know, the electric focus, people getting the electric cars, you know, from the customer's point of view, what, have you got any challenges there? What's kind of, what's everyone saying there? Yeah, absolutely. I think on a, on a personal level, something that I'm quite passionate about is education. I think yeah. some, sometimes um, in a business, people are sort of working on projects for, for so long and they, they just sometimes start to assume that customers have all the knowledge and yeah. you know have, have the same appetite for getting involved in this sort of stuff as we do. But I think there's still a lot, a lot of work to be done and just, you know, getting the fundamentals of the benefits of EVs and chargers and, and even just hivers the as an ecosystem, yeah. I think we've got a lot of work to do in just explaining to customers, you know, this is how we can make your lives more sustainable, more affordable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite keen to get to get stuck into that. Yeah, it's something personally that really interests me. That whole like it's going to be a whole new almost infrastructure for everyone individually, isn't it? It's almost a complete new mindset and way of you know going about you know transport and things like that and how that's going to work and you know people that work live in say a terraced house with the car outside. How's that going to work? You know all this stuff. It's just I think it's you know a whole new way of life and it's so exciting, Robert, that you're kind of part of that now. You know you're you know pushing the future forward, so it's it's great. Um. I'm going to come to you next, Sherry, my love. Same question, um, a bit about your role and what you've been up to. So my current role is as a commercial analyst at Centric of Business Solutions. So I sit within the commercial team and my roles are varied. So some days I'm doing a little bit of market research to understand the costs of raw materials and how that's changed and how that's going to affect current deals that's currently live. And then also I look review contracts to highlight any risks and how we can manage those risks. And then prior to that, I was actually at Local Heroes. I was a performance insight analyst. And that role was a little bit different because I was doing a lot more reporting. So more analysis in Excel. <laughs> and that was quite good because I was like, explain what's happened over the last week. For example, the volumes of jobs that customers booked on our platform and how that's changed or how our tradesperson engagements changed as well. And so adding a lot more context to that because of course you can have the numbers and say oh the number the volumes of jobs increased or decreased weekly but then it's why is it because we've sort of invested more money into our channels and is that why we're seeing volumes of jobs increase so that was quite interesting and quite a different role to what I'm doing now yeah I bet can you imagine I can imagine the pandemic probably had a bit of an influence in that as well you know more people being at home more, more pressure people having heatings electricity and everything on and um, was there was there an effect there did you see more more jobs come through then 
Yeah, so I know that at the start of the pandemic, I think a lot of people were a bit nervous about having people into their house because, mm. of course, we only knew like quite a limited amount about the pandemic yeah. at the time. And so, but then over time, we started to see the volumes of jobs increase because yeah. people sort of like went about their day to day lives and they became more comfortable. And of course, most of the our engineers followed the normal safety route, making sure they use employees. And so that meant that, of course, people did become more comfortable. Yeah, it, it seems as though all the roles so far, and Chelsea, I'll, I will come to you, but your roles are quite client-facing, really, isn't it? It's about the customer all the time, making sure, you know, can we do the best for them? What's going to be the most easiest process for them? Which is something which I, I suppose you don't always think about, but of course, yeah, it, yeah. It, of course it is, yeah. Um, so Chelsea, going to come to you next. I know we, we want to touch a bit upon your experiences so far, and you've got quite a good story to tell. So, yeah, same question. What have you been up to and what, what's your role entail? Yeah, so I'm a graduate electrical engineer working for Centrica Storage, which is up in Hull. Um, Centrica Storage is a place where we extract gas off the North Sea, um, comes into the terminal, which is on land, we process it and then export it out to the national grid. Okay. Um, my role is with the Electrical Technical Authority, so it's more technical engineering side things. So we look at the electrical system, we may help with the maintenance programs, assist with projects in terms of sort of providing electrical support. Yeah, live sort of, by uh, me, Chelsea. Live near me. Yeah, the office mm-hmm. is in Hesel, which I believe yeah, is near you. I probably can see you over there if I didn't have my blind <laughs> shut. <laughs> Are you there now then, Chelsea? Sorry. No, I'm working from home currently. Working but, from home. Sorry. Yeah, but we often have to do site visits, go to the terminal or go offshore. Sure. Just to look at the asset. Offshore. So go there. Dum, Let's dum, dum. go there. <laughs> So just before this session, everyone, for the people that were thinking, what's going on? Uh, Chelsea mentioned that just before uh, we, we went live in the session that you've been offshore recently and just want to talk a bit about your experiences there, training and what that was all like. Yeah, so um, to go offshore, you have to complete a BOSIET training, which is basically your basic offshore safety induction training, where you have to go through sort of different simulations of what offshore hazards could be like. So right. one of the big ones that a lot of people talk about is the helicopter dunking. So you put it into this little metal container, yeah. slowly um, dunked into a swimming pool, and then you have to escape through the windows. And they sort of do different simulations. So one is like a controlled one, one is like a submerged upside down. Wow. And uh, yeah, oh. you, have, you have to pass it to be able to then be allowed to go offshore. I would say that before this, me and Jess would just look absolutely horrified and she was like, but the water was warm. Like, oh, that was warm. Warm. <laughs> <laughs> About 26 warm. degrees, it's quite nice. It's basically a bath. Yeah, yeah just basking. <laughs> I think that'll be different, so if it's a real life thing. Yeah. Submerged yeah. in, say, the North Sea or wherever, something like that. North Sea's pretty chilly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you wouldn't want to. Um, <laughs> so tell us a bit about your experience actually offshore. So you, you got through your training, fantastic, and then... Tell us a bit about your experiences and what, what you were doing when you were actually offshore. Yeah, so I came off more, mainly to see the asset and sort of get a feel for offshore life. Yeah. And um, a lot of the sort of people out there do two weeks on, three weeks off. So okay. they work quite intensely for the two yeah. weeks doing sort of 12-hour shifts. You obviously have like dinners together. Um, you work in your little teams. Yeah. It's a, quite a good community out there. Obviously, it's very different from office work where, you know, you shut shut your computer down at five o'clock and you go home this is obviously 24 hours a day people working and um yeah just sort of was off there helping with a project so looking at the electrical substation and just getting a feel for the equipment obviously we do a lot of drawing work in the office but it's nice Mm. to see the equipment in real life definitely 
we, we went on a rig didn't we Jess a couple of years ago some of the grad crack a lot and went on the rig and they had to go through something similar to like all the medicals and everything else and it just sounded absolutely amazing so yeah once in a lifetime opportunity so in terms of um you know you, you kind of experience there what you know is it something which as part of your role Chelsea you're going to be doing a lot more in the future or is that kind of just a one-off experience like you said just to see the asset or will there be it, more chances in the future within central storage it's quite a regular thing so obviously we look after just the two assets onshore and offshore uh-huh. so any sort of work or projects involved you get the opportunity to go off again yeah and um again putting in front of me a bit of a position but in terms of the the future of these assets and um you know there might be some students here you know thinking um about the oil and gas sector and you know the effects it does have so for you and getting that experience what do you see the future is going to be like for those kind of assets and where how do you think your role is going to fit within that it would just be diversifying so obviously there's a lot of talk of hydrogen in the news something that Central Coast Keenan get involved with. Yeah. Obviously, wherever you currently we have extract gas, you've got the opportunity to pump hydrogen into the well okay. and then store it. So when you know, so when wind or soda is low, you can export the hydrogen back out. It's green energy that's been pumped in using renewables. Yeah. And it will all help towards the, you know, carbon free. Well, and I think that's a lot of people that people don't know that there, yeah. there is that and you know something which you know probably we need we all need to talk about more because it's again um, a fantastic resource to have and if we can do it in a renewable way then absolutely why not let's use it I think um, times have changed a lot just from just from my point of view and um, you'll be aware Chelsea so on the east coast when I was growing up um it was all like oil rigs and everything else and I moved back here from being here 20 years ago and you look out to these coast now and it's all um turbines so all these like wind turbines out at sea and like the demographic and the the, the the view is just completely different to what it was 20 years ago and you do think see things changing all the time it's like in Hesselway you'll be familiar with Chelsea there's um, a massive Siemens factory and they're producing all the wind turbines and everything else so the way things are changing and progressing it, it seems to be quite quickly that all this is taking place now which is really 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 exciting for graduates and students joining the industry exactly and they made the point like with Robbie you know you're kind of at the forefront of it now you're making those changes which is you know a really exciting place to be at and so I know we've kind of touched on projects and bits like that um but if if, Pav I'm going to come back to you I know you've mentioned some of the projects that you've worked on but is there a particular favorite project that you've been involved with so far on the program yeah, I think my favourite one was when I got to help set up recording the financial data for net zero activity. Mm-hmm. So this was within British Gas's social housing division. So thinking about heat sources and uh, I mean, yeah, heat pumps and solar panels. So mm-hmm. that was something that was really new and I think it was quite an infancy stage within the area. Yeah. So that really involved kind of talking to the senior leaders and the operational level staff to understand what they're trying to achieve, what their steps are, and just to get a feel for the whole business. Yeah, That was really interesting because I got to kind of develop my project management skills because there were several projects flying around every waking moment. And you also kind of got to be a part of something that's so new and it was so new to everyone within that area. So steep learning curves were there, but it was really useful just to kind of be a part of something so current as opposed to things that might be detached from like an office-based life 
And I bet it was great for you, Pav, to be um, kind of exposed to those senior members of staff as well and getting their experience and yeah. you know, working with someone with that kind of knowledge. And, and I, you know, I keep saying to just students, you know, so it's about networking when you're in those positions, you know, pick up the phone, speak to those people, ask the questions. Um, but to work with those people, I bet, I bet that was a really great experience for you. Um, Robbie, I'm going to come to you next. Uh, I know you again mentioned some of the projects, but what would be your favourite one so far? I think in terms of one that I've seen sort of end-to-end to, to completion was in uh, the last placement um, in, in sort of our small team that, that one of the Hive teams came to us and said, um, we'd love some help in getting this subscription service uh, deployed into the engineer channel. So essentially allowing the, the engineers to sell, to sell it to customers, which wasn't previously possible. Um, and that was just a really, really interesting project because... Um, they both had different requirements. So the engineers wanted a sort of very, very easy, um, yeah, I, just wanted to, I just want to be able to sell it. I don't really want to have to do like loads of extra work. Whereas the Hive team was saying, you know, we want a customer to know everything about it. We want like a proper sales journey. Um, but sort of being able to bridge the gap and meet the two in the middle. So it worked both, both ways. So engineers are selling boilers at thousands of pounds a time you know do they really want to be spending half an hour talking about a three pound 99 a month subscription <laughs> service it's like probably not probably not yeah um but uh, yeah that was like months of hard work of sort of ironing out the end-to-end journey so what it's going to look like for the engineer in their sales tool um and then eventually we got to a point where um i presented the the presentation to, to sort of all the engineer team leaders um, which is quite daunting I think it was about 100 mm-hmm. in the call um, but as it turns out it's now a really really successful offer um, and it's it's doing really well so I think that's sort of one of the highlights for me. Just thinking from from um, Robbie a lot of our audience will be thinking about doing presentations you know they might be in the final year or they might be part of the application process might be doing a presentation as well you, you, you know you mentioned that it was a bit, bit daunting so what hints and tips would you give a student in maybe preparing to do a presentation and then actually doing the presentation what how what help could you give them yeah um to be fair when i when i started my first proper role in january um i found it really really difficult um i struggled yeah. to get through like my first sentence without sort of breaking down into a just a pit of nerves and shaky voice and it was really obvious and it was, it was pretty horrible um it's something that i spoke to my line manager about and just said you know this is something that i need to improve um and the only thing i'd say is just practice 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 um know you know what you're going to be talking about before you you do it um but then just say yes to every single opportunity that you get to present so sort of one of the reasons i'm here today is because i'm still trying to develop it and still trying to get better um so yeah, just like if you need to improve it, be open with that and just sort of embrace it is what I'd say. Well, you're doing a grand job, Robbie. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, I mean, that's oh, I was going to ask you a question there, but I wanted to give you a compliment. What was I going to say? It's escaped me. But yeah, no, that's a good point, though. You know, <clears throat> it's OK, you know, to say, you know, especially the students that are listening, you know, you're going to have multiple rounds now of like the application processes coming up, you know, whether it be a video interview or you've got to do a, a presentation mm-hmm. for, you know, the assessment centre, whatever it may be, the next step. So practice. I keep saying to, the, to students, practice, practice, practice. It feels really weird, doesn't it, yeah. to be doing 
you know, presentations virtually and it's totally different doing them face to face as it is virtually. So mm. practice in each environment as well, because virtually you're lucky enough to be able to have your questions or some notes. Up. Yeah. But if you are just stood there in front of everyone and you've got to say everything in a lovely, you know, consistent yeah. way. <laughs> different in a way that we don't do jess <laughs> that's what i was gonna say we'll get right, the gabriella gabriella's with me for you she's like no Carla's Carla's just not consistent whatsoever i was gonna say but it helps as well if you have like a genuine passion and, and love for your project yeah. as well doesn't it because it just it just slips off the tongue and i think because you've got experience from like the customer facing side of hive and then doing your projects you've you know it all you've seen it all the way through you've got all this these um you know the knowledge from the people who you've been speaking to and i think that definitely helps Mm. and empathy as well for all for your audience i guess you've yeah. got that as well robbie now that you know you need to make sure you can see what their problem is understand their problem and you know give them a solution you know and that's great for everyone to have the empathy yeah. is a very good skill to have um okay come to you sherry uh, projects again i know we've spoke about them but your favorite one yeah, so my favourite one's actually the one I'm working on at the moment. Okay. So I sort of like started off with a lot less responsibility where I had to read like this thousand page contract to try to find out how much we could spend on varying an existing contract. And once I did that, it's like giving me a lot more responsibilities. So at the moment, I'm almost like driving the project along meeting with like technical, some engineers to find out what the scope is going to be, what you're going to increase or decrease the scope based on the budget also almost acting like a manager in terms of like putting in place like a timeline making sure everyone's actions are up to date sending it and updating the program so that everyone's aware of what stage we're working on so that's been really good exposure for me as well especially in the business okay and i feel like i've learned so much and developed from that experience yeah how do you know how to analyze a contract then is that is that it's training that you've just been sat down and given how do you how do you know what to look for i guess it comes with experience i think that was one of the first questions i asked when i started this yeah. which was like what are the key things i'm supposed to be looking out for and you start yeah. hearing words like risks and liabilities mm -hmm. and then eventually you spend a lot of time googling but also having a lot of face time with my line manager just saying mm -hmm. I, I don't really understand what this words mean can you like explain a bit more and i guess with the more contracts i started to read the more similar it became then i could just flag a few things that i know that oh last time we flagged this as an issue this is probably an issue as well yeah so do you just talk about that then sherry do you you mentioned your line manager and everything else do you have a mentor there then have you got somebody who you can if you don't necessarily want to go to your line manager you've got like a buddy that you can go and speak to if you do have any questions Yes, we do. So undergraduate scheme, you're assigned both a body and a mentor. So the body is someone else who's about a year, who's been in the business a little bit longer than you and was likely also on the graduate scheme. So they have a little bit of experience of exactly what it's like being a grad at Centrica. And that's someone who I sort of like spoke to about the like questions I have. I had about my role and how much training I should be doing. And I was sort of asked, but am I progressing at the right stage? And yeah. they would normally advise me and things like that. And then also I had a mentor in place, who, which is someone who I actually, who's much older than I am, has more experience in the business. And I also had sort of questions, especially during my second placement, about what I wanted to do next. They're not being sure about that. And they sort of gave me so much advice that was very useful and sort of like the kind of things I should be asking myself about what I want to get out of a role. And so I found that that was really beneficial for deciding what my second placement was going to be. 
That's a good question. I'm taking over your bit, Jess, but I've just got one more question and I'll shut up. Um, I don't know who this would go out to. I don't know if it'd be Gabriella or one of you grads. So um, I did a presentation the other day at one of our universities and one of the questions at the end from a student was the fact that similar to you, Robbie, they like, um, like educating people, they like to help people and everything else. And they wanted to know when they did start um, as an employee and become a graduate and then moving forward, they might want to be a mentor. So, Gabriella, how, how do you know these grads now think in a couple of years time, how do they become a mentor? Do they put their names forward or how does that work? Yeah, actually. So each one of our graduate programs has a talent board um, made up of um, leaders within the business, but also um, a lot of sort of ex-grads or alumni grads. Yeah. Um, so once you complete the program, a lot of them want to continue being involved in the graduate program. Um, so we'll sit on the talent board and it's a talent board that would normally act as mentors um, for the, the grads joining the program. So we see an awful lot of people they, you know, do a summer internship, they then come back as a graduate, and then when they finish the graduate programme, they stay involved by getting involved with our, our talent boards. Cool, thank you. I'm going to ask you more than that a bit later on, Gabrielle, but I don't want to stop the flow of things about projects. So do you want to sure. carry on just and do projects? I'll come back to Gabrielle about that. Absolutely. Chelsea, coming to you next. We've obviously talked about some of your amazing experiences so far, but favourite project for you that you've worked yeah. on? Um, my favourite one is one currently on, so they're doing an offshore power generation one okay. we're installing three generators offshore and it's basically going to take over from the old gas turbines as new diesel generators I i've see. been helping assisting the project team with that so i've been offshore helping redesign some of the electrical stuff and then in substation and then i think this week they've commissioned it and it's all working so i'm quite happy that my work has been right and it it's working turned out, yeah <laughs> turned out well. well done so in, so you you did mention there, sorry, so it is literally from design, putting, say, a CAD drawing or something like that together, all the way to through to physically getting it out. Off, it was, the, um, the projects went through a third contractor, third okay. party. They've done all the design and stuff. As it comes to commissioning, there's been a few sort of discrepancies and a few different um, designs not working. So we've stepped in to help sort of ah, get it over the line. Yeah. So that's where you, you would then get the the... The design or whatever and see right actually we need to have it like this or like this and then they would go and do it they'd come back to you and then i see yeah. interesting um and also in terms of um you know you said that it, it's working it's in place it, is that physically on the asset now or how when's that happening i'm not sure the exact dates but up to commissioning it's sort of working and then at some point i'll do the official change over day and they'll go oh, on to the new power system well, big pat on the back. Well done. It's a nice thing to, to have experienced, mm. I guess, so early on in, in the pro programme. So well done. Um, next, we're going to talk about um, learning and development, I believe. Or do you want to well, go? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Gabriella because I do think yeah. this the um, the talent board will be quite interesting from the from the viewer's point of view. So, Gabriella, tell us a little bit more about the talent board. What can the graduates get involved in? Um, yeah, go for yeah. it. <laughs> so yeah we rely quite heavily on the graduate community to help support a lot of our um, activity um, I am sort of uh, the one and only person that sits centrally who's employed literally to to look after these programs so I work with the talent boards um, around the business who look after each of the streams so um, the sort of things that we will encourage grads to get involved with from day one um, is things such as becoming a buddy for future intakes 
uh, to supporting activities such as this, come and talking to people about their experience, so the attraction side of things. Uh, when we move into the assessment centres, um, we get graduates to facilitate the assessment centres. Um, so they really pay quite a large part, especially as we're doing it virtually. So we will have a minimum of two graduates running the assessment centre. So one will be um, there, you know, checking that everyone's all in the right breakout rooms um, and the other person will be there setting up the uh, the exercises for the candidates and answering all their questions um, and then once we've made offers we ask our um, our grads to sort of help with the onboarding um, we have a group of them that do some of our social media to promote um, all the stuff that we do um, so all the way through we even have cohorts where they sort of come together and uh, decide on some stream specific development activity so for example one of the things we did with our engineering program last year was to get the accreditation from the uh, engineering professional bodies and that was quite a full-on process that had to go we had to go through and that was delivered by grads on program um, so they had to work with our L&D department they had to work with me um, they had to work with the talent board um, and we had to showcase and present and everything to the professional bodies and then they got the accreditation um, and, you know, other things that we get grads to do from day one is um, get involved in some of our charity uh, challenges. We give everybody two days off uh, volunteering. We um, we have a lot of employee networks that are very active um, and grads tend to pay a very Pro, uh, prominent role in some of those um, networks so for example the co-chair for our ethnicity network and the co-chair for our lgbtq plus networks are both grads um, they did that as they were grads on program um, we have a group of grads that have set up a series of podcasts called tea and talks with and they've gone round and they've uh, interviewed a number of people across the business right from the ceo right you know, down to other grads. We have another group of grads that are doing um, a series of podcasts called Empowered, which is all about the road to net zero. So, I mean, you know, the list is endless. And if grads come up with a good idea of something they want to do, then we will empower them to go and do it. Oh, sounds absolutely fantastic. They've got all of those opportunities as well as doing the graduate programme. Um, so, yeah, Jess is right. Oh, thank you very much for that, Gabriella. Jess is right. I'm going to now go on to um, tra training, learning and development and about um, from your personal points of view, I know you've had quite different journeys throughout your time at Centrica so far. Um, but what sort, what particular part of training did you do which you enjoyed the most, um, if that's OK? And Robbie, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, glad you came to me first because I've got a feeling somebody, other people <laughs> might say the same. Um, but yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we did um, something called the IDG Followership Training, right. which is basically uh, a face-to-face -face sort of all the grads in, in the year. So I think it was, what, 33 in total went down to a, a hotel in Reading um, with some like amazing sort of outdoor grounds and areas. And it was basically this, this sort of team of people with military backgrounds or whatever else basically put on this basically like leadership course. Um, and yeah, it was just like a really empowering, rewarding two days where we sort of did loads of group activities and leadership uh, workshops and things like that. Um, and I think I actually found about, out quite a lot about myself. Uh, we were put like outside our comfort zone quite a bit and asked to do some fairly challenging tasks. Um, so it was, it was kind of like being in the in the apprentice almost, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, it was, it was like really fun group work and, and quite competitive at the same time, which was good. But Robbie, you didn't get the you're fired at the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, nearly, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's off air. Robbie, I'll bring you back straight back after. Yeah, the after yeah. Tell us the goss. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So what Gabriella's like, oh, Gabriella, you need to share these secrets. Um, so what, what did you what did you find out about yourself, Robert, that you think, oh, I'm going to take that away from the tra- training and move forward with that part of it? Is there anything in particular? Yeah, so I think we did like sort of a, a group feedback session at the end where we all, um, you know, gave comments about how each other are to work within a group. Um, one of the things that a lot of people said about me is that, um, you know, if we're doing a group task or something, I'll tend to just get get on with it straight away without really um, talking to, to other people and sort of saying, outlining a, a full strategy. I'll yeah. sometimes just, just sort of dive straight in and say, right, let's just get it done and sorted and out of the way, with, sometimes without considering, you know, long-term or something like that, which I think was quite interesting. Something that I'm definitely going to take away. I love that. That's a proper Yorkshire mentality. Let's just crack on with it. Let's just exactly. get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> Think about the consequences afterwards. <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. That's really insightful there. Thank you for opening up and telling us about that. Um, Pav, I'm going to come on to you now. So, favouritest part of training at Centrica so far? Yeah, so Robbie, unfortunately, stole the one I was going for as well. <laughs> oh, bless you. So, uh, I guess I'll go with one where I think it's probably in the first few months of the grad scheme, just called Communicating with Impact. Yeah. So there's three sessions, two hours long, learning how to talk to people effectively. So it's like probably me learning how to speak again and mm-hmm. understanding how to actually talk to people. So we kind of covered off things about trying to understand your stakeholders. So when it comes to just talk, talking about your messages, is what it means to them. So considering, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about because it's directly relevant to this person for this reason, that person for that reason and understand how to really make sure you could drive accountability. Mm-hmm. So normally in presentations, you just kind of give your pitch and end the slideshow and call it a good day. But I was thinking about the step after that, which is how do you get people to be on board with your ideas and go, okay, we've talked about this and we'll all have our own role to play. Yeah. So it's quite useful just to really think about the presentational aspects, not just delivering the message. It's also about how you're going to, make that something tangible. Uh, probably other things we kind of learned was about how to use body language, facial expressions, and also the pitch and tone of your voice. Yeah. All these really small things that I think most people wouldn't really think about, that I definitely didn't think about then too. But it's been really useful because sometimes you can kind of take a step back and go, maybe I'm a bit too nervous because I can tell that I'm just blitzing through my whole speech. Mm-hmm. And it's probably just absolutely useless to everyone else, but I think I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to be critiquing me and Jess, Pav. Give us <laughs> 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 some hits, hints and tips afterwards. Yeah, thank you very much, Pav. That was brilliant. Um, Sherry, I hope we haven't used yours so far. Think of something new. Yeah, um, I think they've already t- mentioned the two I was going to yeah. say. I was going <laughs> to say... Mine is actually business unit specific because when I started, I did get a lot of technical training in terms of like SQL, Python, 
but mine is actually one that I have with my commercial team at the moment and it's been really really good for my development because we had people from different parts of the business who come to speak for about 30 minutes or an hour about a specific thing it might be about credit or about risk and it's been really really good because that's actual training that's actually been implemented in my day-to-day sort of like role at the moment so I really enjoyed doing that. It's good that you get a mixture like on the job training specific to your role and then this yeah. other training, you know, presentation skills and everything else. And mm-hmm. um, Chelsea, I feel bad for you because you're the last, the last one. But if you've got anything else that you want to add, you don't have to if you don't, if you have. Yeah, I've got another uh, graduate one. At the start, we do an insights training, which is sort of finding out about your personalities and they sort of colour code them. So you have like the cool blues, fiery reds, the sort of outgoing yellows and the sort of like earthy greens, I believe. Mm-hmm. and um depending on how you fill in this like personality quiz you get sort of assigned a color and you have like your conscious and your unconscious and the way you sort of present yourself based on sort of the color charts and um you can find, find out quite a lot about you know how you present yourself sort of why you present yourself that way and sort of how you can adapt the way you are especially when you're with someone else you might be the opposite to you on the spectrum yeah Oh, I'd be, I'd be asking everybody, so just what are you, you're a red. Okay, so I'm going to be yellow. <laughs> I can be somewhere in the middle. Um, thank you very much, Chelsea. Gabriella, have you got anything else that you want to add as part of the learning and development that the, the grads go through? Or are you happy that we've covered all of that off? I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what I need to say is obviously these guys, it's been tough for them because most of the learning and development has been done virtually, but yeah. uh, we are getting back to normal. So when we did induction uh, about three weeks ago now, um, we had all of our new starters, 50 plus graduates all come on site. We had a two day induction. We had our CEO come and talk to everyone. Um, it was great to get people back into the office and moving forward, we're, we're looking to continue doing it like that. Yeah good stuff back to usual futures if that's okay Chelsea I'm going to come to you first we'll we'll do a reverse um what is your future looking like and giving you give us an indication of even maybe if you can think long term what where do you think you'd go after the graduate program yeah so um for short term I'm only on my second year so I've got decisions on my third year placement Obviously, you can change business units so I could get different types of engineering, whether it's design, um, projects. And then long term is to roll off the scheme, hopefully after next year, into one of the business units. And there's plenty to choose from, whether it's CBS, CSL, um, or the new Century Energy Assets. And then, yeah, sort of go from there and develop into a chartered engineer in a few years' time. Brilliant. Sounds like a perfect career. Well done. Uh, Sherry, come to you next. I would say so short term as of course to do my third placement and then long term I'm really hoping to get a little bit more experience on the product side learn a little bit about propositions and I think the good thing about Centrica is that there's so many opportunities available in different business areas and I think that I mean I've even spoken to people who sort of started off as a marketing grad and got some insight experience and I think that's been really good so I think long time I would like to try to get a bit more experience in the different business areas and then hopefully maybe a commercial manager a few years from now so that would be good yeah brilliant good luck fingers crossed Robbie yeah similar to what others have said I think in short term I've got another round of uh, roles to, to sort of apply to and choose from so I think in the last round there was around 15 different roles in all different areas of the business um, offered to, to eight 
eight grads in in my cohort so a load of choice and I don't really don't think I don't, I don't know where I'm going to end up until I see the, the roles really um, and then yeah long term after the grad scheme again it depends which sort of roles I, I enjoy um, I'm really enjoying being in the Hive team at the moment so I'm thinking about doing that but yeah getting involved in all the buddy and mentor things as, we, as we've spoken about um, I do like sort of being able to support um, I don't know younger people and people coming through the the, the grad scheme and internship so uh, I need to move out at some point as well so. <laughs> no because then you have to pay bills oh, no, yeah, but... <laughs> don't do it brown envelopes we don't like them <laughs> um, Pav coming to you yeah um, I suppose generally the same feeling as well which is roll off the grad scheme and see where it ends up uh-huh. but I'd say I'm probably becoming more uncertain about my future as I progress with the grad scheme. I think that's a good thing. Whereas I suppose when I started, I could probably pinpoint each year, this is what I want to do, how I'm going to get there. Yeah. But as we get to take on different roles and responsibilities, you start to think being quite narrow-minded because it turns out yeah. I actually like doing something that I've just started to do now, which I never thought about doing before. Yeah. I feel like that's quite a good thing in terms yeah. of really broadening your horizons. Mm-hmm. I reckon in a nutshell, it would be me finishing my accountancy exams in the next two years, yeah. become a chartered accountant, and then try and develop my data analytics skills because I'm a big fan of digital disruption in the workplace and I don't like accounting too much to do 100% of my life. Yeah. And then probably roll off into like a commercially focused finance role so I can talk to people and solve problems. So I think that's the things I like to do. Brilliant. Do you know, and that's the absolute beauty for me of doing a graduate programme, because this two, three year window where you start and where you end up could be, you know, completely polar opposites. And how exciting is that, that you could literally end up doing something which you never even realised you would enjoy or, you know, have a career in that you might never have considered. So, yeah, I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect idea for the future. You don't know where it's going to take you. It's exciting. So on from one perfect subject to another, key benefits of working at Centrica. So yeah. um, that was a good lead on, wasn't it? Um, so what I want to do now is just go around you all. Um, Gabrielle, I'm going to, I, I don't think I've asked you this, but I'm going to start with you as a key benefit. Um, and then if we could just have one benefit from you each about um, what you would say is a key thing about working for Centrica. Gabriella, on to you. Um, I would say that our um, completely flexible approach uh, to working is a benefit. So um, our offices are open and people can go into them if they want and they can go into them full time if they want. Um, But also, if you want to work from home full time, you can as well. Now, uh, in the main, graduates really benefit from coming into the office. um, And I know a number of them will sort of agree or to come in on the same, you know, on the same day. So you have the you know the the network to uh, to to get to know and meet people, um, but it just does allow for everyone's personal circumstances to sort of pretty much choose uh, when and where you want to come in. Yeah. So yeah, flexible benefit is a good one. Flexibility, thanks, Gabriella and um, Chelsea. I think the key benefit, especially with the grad scheme, is the different placement opportunities you yeah. get. The fact you can change um, gives you sort of you can dabble in every sort of. Yeah. type of business um first yeah. before you want to actually settle down into one particular stream absolutely and pooping the pudding is pav i hope that wasn't yours pav because i think i think your heart just sank a little bit so i'm going to leave you to last <laughs> um <laughs> thanks chelsea uh robbie what would you ask you say your key benefit was yeah but but what's already been mentioned but also just sort of 
the investment in development uh, that we've we've talked about uh, that's like coupled with the the personal support you get from your, your teams and line managers yeah. from, from the first day really that makes you feel like incredibly welcome and that you can uh, add value from from the first day but also there's there's no like overriding or overwhelming expectation that you must deliver x because end of the day like you are just a young grad um and i think that they do sort of let you make mistakes along the way um and yeah it's, it's a really sort of welcoming place to work in that respect and being working for such a forward-thinking employer as well you know we've heard about all the stories about moving forward and into new energies and things like that i bet that's something that you you know you're really all we're all proud of being part of and um, thank you bobby sherry your benefit what would you say I would say it's the fact that you're working with people who genuinely care about the business and care about the customers and care about making a difference. And I think that's one of the things that I know because like after speaking to so many people, you can actually see the passion in their roles and being actually enjoying what they're doing. So I think that that's why I would recommend people should come and work at Centrico. I know it's one of our carries, one of our values, but you genuinely do see it day to day. And I think that that's really important. Yeah, I know I've definitely seen that enthusiasm, yeah. Sherry, from both both webinars, you know, from you guys here and Gabriella and the, the grads on the last webinar, and also from my contacts, so Carla and Jill and Kate, a big shout out to you as well, because the passion is definitely there. I mean, they absolutely love um, working at Centrica. And um, Jill, back in the day, we used to work at British Gas, so she's been there 20, 20 odd years now, I think. And the, yeah, the enthusiasm definitely, definitely 100% shows through. Um, so thank you for that one, Sherry. And Pav? Yeah, so a similar theme is I'd probably say it's the um, people and the culture that the company's fostered. Yeah. So everyone's extremely friendly and supportive. So if you ever need help, you can ask to do so. I think yeah. it's quite hard, especially in the early stages of a career, you find it difficult to ask for help. But the fact that it's so easy to ask for help is just a great thing to have because, you know, because you're quite comfortable in just, I suppose, making sure you know what's going on and you don't really screw up too bad. Yeah. Uh, outside <laughs> of that, I'd say... It's just, yes, yeah, really useful because you don't need to be 100% professional. As you can tell, I'm not the most professional person in life, but you can actually just bring your 100% of your true self to work. And yeah. that's something that's embraced and you can actually see in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So it's just a great place to work because it's fun. I mean, if you're going to be working till probably 70 or 80, I don't think you should be doing it for a paycheck. You should probably be doing it for something a bit more than that. And I think that's something that Centric offers. Yeah. I hope I'm not going to work in Slam 80, Pav. You're younger than me. I don't want to be. Gabriella's not a chance. I am not working Slam 80. <laughs> I mean, the retirement age is heading that way anyway. <laughs> Maybe for you, love, not for me. I'm off. Um, so, yeah, so we've hopefully inspired um, all of the audience to watching this webinar today. So, Gabriella, the recruitment process, the assessment centre process, just, just briefly outline what that um, looks like this year, please. Yeah, it, it's not too dissimilar from a lot of other employers. You apply online, you submit a CV, um, you undertake some online tests. The next step would be a video interview. It's not live like this. It's one with, that you record. So you have time to you know, prepare an answer for the questions. And it's mainly about why energy, why Centrica, um, and why the particular program you've chosen. And then if you're successful there, it is a virtual assessment centre, which will last for about half a day, where you undertake some general activities. Perfect. 
Thank you very much, Gabriella. Um, so we'll have inspired you, get your applications in. Remember what Gabriella said at the beginning of the webinar, do not leave it to the last minute. Um, Centrica is open to their graduate positions as we speak, so make sure you go to their hub. Um, today, find out more and apply to their positions. Just a few of the key dates, don't forget that we said the summer and year long placements internships are opening on the 1st of December with a closing date of the 9th of January, but do not leave it. They will close out as soon as they've received enough good quality applications. Um, Centrica, you've been brilliant. Thank you very much everybody for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you all. Um, don't forget that next week, same place, same time, me and Jessica are joined by Newton. Um, so they offer advice to the toughest businesses and public sector challenges every single day. So join me and Jess next week. Centrica Bite Size Chunks will be on their hub early next week. And also the webinar will be, the recorded webinar, this one will be live on the Centrica hub tomorrow. So make sure you go and have a look at that as well. So thank you very much everybody for joining us. Good luck for all your futures and we'll hopefully speak to you soon. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 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 Bye.